0: Welcome to Writing the Coast, the official podcast of the BC and Yukon Book Prizes. My name is Sean Cranberry. I am your co-host today, and I am also the executive director of the BC and Yukon Book Prizes, and thank you for listening. This is a show where we talk to authors and illustrators whose books are shortlisted for the annual prizes and celebrate the work being written and read in British Columbia and the Yukon. This is our podcast debut, and in the next little bit, we're going to chat about what exactly this podcast is, and hopefully will become, along with hearing some other voices from the world of BC Books and Writing, including my co-host, coming at us via the magic and wonder of the internet, all the way from Powell River, Megan Cole.
1: Yay! The magic of the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Which sometimes doesn't work.
0: (laughs) Uh it often doesn't work. Um it's working today and my understanding is it's your birthday.
1: It is my birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yes, it was uh my birthday, you know, it kind of rained on my parade a little bit today. We were hoping to go for a hike and a swim, but it is really pouring up here in Pal River today. Oh yeah.
0: Wow. Perfect weather for a podcast.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So, uh, I don't want to hype this too much, but this is going to be awesome. Uh, We've been planning this for a couple of weeks, or perhaps a little longer than that, and um, I'm very excited about what we can do with this podcast.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, we both have this shared love of books and writing, and it's this amazing opportunity to talk about a subject that we both share and focus on this province, which, you know, sometimes maybe doesn't get as much spotlight as we would like, being out here on the way west coast, but... I really love the prizes for the celebration of BC writers and poetry and illustration. It's such a great thing. Um, So that's some of the reasons I'm excited about the podcast. How about you?
0: I'm excited about the podcast because I think it's a perfect way for us to showcase the amazing talent and uh, publishing spirit that is happening in BC and Yukon. Uh, I think that we're in a kind of an age uh, just an incredible amount of great writing is being produced in BC and Yukon these days. And uh, as we see every year with, with the prizes, we're celebrating uh, some of the best work that's, that's being done every year. And I just feel like uh, now with uh, you know the advent of this, uh, this thing called the internet and, and with the, the popularity of podcasts, and to introduce the opportunity for writers, to speak and to read their work and to talk about their craft and for audiences of, of readers and people who are in the community anywhere, whether they're in BC, Yukon, uh, Saskatchewan, the United States, anywhere in the world with an internet connection, you can hear the voices of those writers uh, talking about their work, reading their work. And I think that that's just such a gift and that opens so many doors for people in terms of what they want to read um, how they're turned on to books, how they experience and how they find and discover writers that um, it just seemed like such a natural thing to do. And then, you know, when um, I was up on the BC Book Prizes Tour um, in 2019 and we were up in, in Powell River and, and you and I got together, uh, you hosted that event um, and we started talking about this podcast. It, it really kind of made a lot of sense to me. So I'm really glad that we're doing it.
1: Yeah, me too. And I think it's like you were saying about bringing people's voices into this. I mean, writing is, you know, words on the page and writing is such a solitary act. I find that myself as a writer and being able to bring writers uh, and have them tell their stories about the work they create, I think is a really cool thing that we can only do in thanks to the magic of the internet.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But why don't we uh, switch gears a little bit and can you Introduce yourself a little more, talk uh, to the audience, our, our incredible audience out there in the internet, um, about where you're coming from. You're a writer, you're a librarian, you're a community organizer, uh, you're super involved in um, the conversation that's happening out there in the world of Canadian BC books, um, but you're also uh, working really hard in Powell River on your own stuff and, and on uh, like event organizing and things like that at the library. Can you just talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I am up here in Powell River, which is about, I think, if you calculate it right, it's about five hours up the coast from Vancouver. It takes mm-hmm. two two ferries or a very quick flight to get here. But um, we're really lucky to have an amazing writing community in Powell River. There's a lot of writers who've chosen to make their homes here, um, like Charlotte Gill and Andrea Bennett and Nola Poirier and probably more I'm forgetting. And uh, so there's this really great writing community, but there's also a hunger for great books and being able to experience writers reading their work and presenting it. So at the library, um, I've been working to bring authors from primarily BC right now to the library so that people can be introduced to these voices who maybe they haven't heard of, or they've seen the names on the shelf, but haven't picked the book up. And so I organized This year, it's the first year of the BC Writers Series Mm -hmm. at the Powell River Public Library. And this year, we're bringing four BC writers to the library, um, all different genres and backgrounds. Um, We had Dina Del Buccia earlier this year, um, we had Susan Juby. In the fall, we're going to have uh, Sam Weeb and Deborah Hodge. Mm-hmm. And then we're already starting to plan for 2020. So that's a big kind of passion of mine right now. We also have tons of writing workshops and writing groups. And it just really seems like there's such a passion for writing in this community. And it's excite- exciting for me as a writer to be part of that.
0: It's awesome. The the library, the space that you have up there, um, the audience that you, you brought out for the event, uh, featuring Laisha and, and Carly, was awesome. Um, can you talk a little bit about the, the work that you're doing as a writer? I know that um, you, you share some anecdotes here and there on the Twitters, um, but uh, what are you working on?
1: Uh, So I'm working on a memoir right now. It's part of my MFA that I'm doing through the the University of King's College. And it's focused primarily on gender and mental health. Uh, I was with a partner um, many years ago who had mental health issues. And in the time uh, since we were together, I've really started to think about, you know, what was going on there as you do when relationships end. And uh, I've kind of shifted from a place of being really angry to realizing that there was probably some stuff going on there that he wasn't really having addressed. And as I've done more research, I'm kind of seeing that maybe there are some patterns we're seeing in statistics around uh, the men's suicide epidemic and that sort of thing, uh, looking at how based on gender, men and women access mental health resources. So that's kind of the direction my book is taking. Um, I've written a bunch of essays that are many some of them are in the work some of them are in the submission stage I have one coming out in the Puritan at the end of August that's uh, focused on kind of silence and quiet and um, how those two kind of interplay in terms of uh, men and women's voices about what's going on in their lives so that will be in the Puritan at the end of August.
0: Oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, my yeah. understanding, my understanding is that you have uh, a little bit of publishing history in a local cookbook as well.
1: Yes. I, uh, at the library did a self published cookbook, uh, I think it's almost two years ago now, uh, inspired by one, two actually, that I guess the Nelson Public Library had done um, and that I had purchased when I was living in Nelson. So I was the editor and herder of Cats of uh, Water and Wood, which I worked on with a number of writers like Charlotte Gill and Nola Poirier and uh, Sonia Zagwin. And so we all worked on the writing in that. And it's a collection of recipes submitted by amazing cooks and farmers and homesteaders in our community
0: yeah and it's a beautiful book it's so well designed the thank photography you. is incredible uh, super impressed um thank you with with that book when you when you presented it to me when we were up there a couple months ago so congratulations on that
1: thank you very much yes it was a it was a labor of love i ended up taking all Almost all of the food photography, which I had not planned on doing, but, mm. so I can now put that on my resume as well, but I'll never do it again for anything else because it was too much work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think food photographer goes right at the top of the resume.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> deleted. First thing deleted. <laughs> right, right after the, like, worked at McDonald's for six months when I was 16, I, those two get dropped right away.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. So we were thinking about names, and we may as well throw this out there right now. Um Throwing around a bunch of names for what we could call this uh, rather than BC and Yukon Book Prizes podcast, which has a certain je ne sais quoi about it. But uh, we were thinking about calling it uh, Writing the Coast. And uh, how do you feel about that, Megan?
1: Um, I feel pretty good about it. But I do know, like, we do have a very diverse province. um, And so I always wonder how other people would feel about that, because, you know, you and I are here on the coast. So we're very connected to that coastal part of our province. But Those uh, may be closer in the Kootenays or the interior may not connect with that coast part as much. So I'd be curious if anyone else could come up with a name that better suited the province and, of course, the Yukon, which is now being added to the prizes as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that's that's a great observation. And I think that what we should do is make some sort of. some sort of contest or some sort of way to get some community feedback where we can uh, ha- uh, get get that intelligence from all of the people, whether they're in the north or in the interior or uh, up and down the coast, wherever they happen to be, who care about uh, writing and books and publishing in BC and Yukon and, um, you know, put together some prizes, some some packs of books for people who, uh, who contribute and come up with some good ideas. Because, you know, I mean, it won't quite... Probably won't quite be as awesome as Bodie McBoatface or (laughs) whatever that other amazing uh, crowdsourced naming thing was that happened a couple of years ago. But maybe something like it.
1: I I also do think we have the first right of refusal so that we don't get anything similar to Bodie McBoatface. (laughs)
0: That would be awesome. (laughs) So,
1: Sean, we talked about me. Mm. I feel like you should introduce yourself because you did call yourself you know you are the executive director of the prizes, Correct. but there is more to Sean Cranberry than just that, so maybe yes. you should share a bit about yourself as well
0: sure um, yeah, so I have been a bookseller for most of my life, and I think when i when I think about and try and contextualize the work that I do. Um, I think that it comes down to being a bookseller, having worked in independent shops like Duthie's and Chapman Books back in Ontario when I was growing up and, um, recognizing that that passion and drive and that connection with books and people really does come from being an independent bookseller. And, uh, one of the other projects that I have on the go that is about to turn 10 next year is, uh, reading, a literary reading series called Real Vancouver Writer Series, and I do that. Um, it is a nonprofit um, society here in, in BC, and um, I work on that with a volunteer board and a bunch of great volunteers. And uh, you know, Dina Dalbukia is the artistic director of that group, and she does an amazing job of curating the writers um, that we present four times a year. I used to have a radio show on CJSF up at Simon Fraser University's Independent Network. It was called Books on the Radio, and that was really my first foray into kind of melding technology, social media, podcasting, and my love of books together, Um, and I guess this is kind of like a ripple 10 years, 11 years later on to start up the Prizes podcast. It felt like the right thing to do, Mm -hmm. and you know, I love music. I have a a night, I spin records at a a little club in uh, midtown Vancouver called the Fox Cabaret, and, um, uh, with some friends of mine, I, I play some music once a month down there, a little, uh, jazz funk and hip hop show. And I'm involved, uh, as a writer, as a communications guy with a bunch of people in town, but it really, when it comes down to the passion and the excitement and the, the reason for, um, you know, getting involved with the, with the prizes and putting energy into it, it all really comes back to feeling like I'm still a bookseller. And this is just a A weird kind of technological advancement in in how I do that and how I get books into people's hands, you know, like, that, that conversation, I'm sure, as a librarian, it's very, very similar, right? Like, a a person comes in, they don't really know what they want. You know, I mean, some people walk in with a list, and they know they've got it, or they've done their, their, uh, they've reserved the book online. Um, But sometimes people come in, and they just don't know. Right, they want to. They want to hear from a person about what's new or what they loved, or they need a recommendation for this or that reason, and just having that conversation with people about what's going on, uh, what they might like, um, helping them out to find something that's really good, or develop that relationship because you recommended a book to them once they loved or that they hated, and um, (laughs) you know, like I've had that happen too. People just throwing books back in my face, and. you know that that conversation is really great because it's not just a one-way conversation, too. God knows that I've, I've, um, I've had so many uh, people walk into a bookstore, and I've learned so much more from them than I could ever possibly have imparted in the other direction. You know, picked up books that I never would have touched, and and um, so I feel like that's that's the that's the core of or of who I am and what, how I'm approaching this project. Is I'm yeah. trying to I'm excited by books all the time. And I'm excited to kind of to get into it with the with the BC and Yukon writers, and to um, get people excited about about what's being produced and the people who are doing it.
1: Yeah. Well, I know for me at the library, like I, you know, I often recommend the books that I'm reading, but I also read some fairly strange things. And if, you know, someone who's more into maybe the Danielle Steele or James Patterson collection comes in and asks me for a recommendation, I have to think very carefully about what I'm going to suggest. Yeah, But I often rely on lists like the BC and Yukon book prizes, Mm -hmm. you know, like the Giller, like Canada Reads, all those things, because they are a good point of reference for those of us who are recommending books to those in the community. Um, So maybe you can talk a bit about the prizes uh, for those who haven't heard of them and how that process all works. And I know it's more than just handing out prizes every year too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. It's uh, it's good. Yeah. Some, some context is always helpful. So the BC and Yukon book prizes have been around since 1985 and beyond handing out, um, prizes to, um, to, to writers of excellent books in seven different categories, um, we also uh, send writers out into the community on what's called the BC and Yukon Book Prizes Tour, where we will um, send writers to uh, remote, small towns uh, in and out of the province and territory, where um, they can connect with librarians, with readers, with people in the community, uh, do some readings, uh, have panel discussions and really engage with those communities that, you know may not get um, uh, that the writers. Themselves may not have too much opportunity ever to get out to, and hopefully the audiences out there get the opportunity to experience uh, writers face to face and in conversation in ways that is exciting for them. Um, so, really, we 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 send writers out into the communities. We try and really engage communities in meaningful ways. So that th- this podcast is going to be a part of that new process that we're gonna that we're putting out there. Um, and the prizes. Obviously, they're cash prizes of $2,000 each, and they go out to writers of great children's literature, uh, illustrators of great children's literature, um, uh, writers, for instance, Eden Robinson uh, won the fiction prize, the Ethel Wilson Fiction Prize for Trickster Drift this year, and we give away um, uh, prizes in regional writing and nonfiction, poetry, seven separate prizes, including a uh, the Bill Duthie Booksellers uh, award, which is voted on by booksellers across the province and territory, about which books they were most excited to put into people's hands, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool, you know. As a yeah. bookseller, I'm I'm very very excited by by that idea and and by giving that away. And we're also announcing um, for the first time in a couple of years, the Lieutenant Governor's Award for Literary Excellence is returning to the BC Book Prizes, and we are uh, adjudicating that and and will be presenting that award in 2020 and that is kind of a lifetime achievement award and and the Lieutenant Governor is very excited about books and very excited about publishing and the quality of writing that's being done in BC right now and they have um, they have decided to bring the award back and we're looking forward to working with them. The last thing I would like to say is that all of these prizes are adjudicated by uh, juries, by jurors, of um, who are literary professionals Writers, librarians, editors, people who are involved and respected in the literary community. So these prizes uh, are not just uh, names drawn out of a hat, and they're they're not just um, adjudicated in any other way than by professionals um, who uh, who care about writing and about quality and about getting the best books out there into the world. Um, I guess maybe one one more thing to say, which is that really uh, the winners are. Everybody's excited about the, the the book that wins any of the categories it, the, it's obviously a great piece of work but I want to emphasize that really what we're excited about is all books that are published by writers in BC and Yukon and that the the nominees the five books in each category that are shortlisted those books are the ones that we really want to highlight and support and hold up um, and again another reason why we started doing this podcast it must be quite a process to pick those
1: five books in each category because I mean I I would imagine it's in some cases it comes down to like splitting hairs mm-hmm. with some of those categories.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm um I've served as a as a juror in the fiction prize in the past. And certainly it is um it's a lot of art and a little bit of science. Yeah. And I think in all the the judges have some of those categories have boxes of books that just arrive on your front door and it is like, good luck. <laughs> um, because there's a lot of books to read and a lot of things to, to get through, and every judge is going to have their own process. One thing that we are uh, going to try to incorporate this year is a little bit of a change to the, the judging process where we'll be able to get the jurors um, together uh, in the same room to have uh, those final discussions over which book wins and and which books uh uh, which book comes out of that process as uh, adjudicated to be the, the number one book. Um, and we're hopeful that that can kind of um, really humanize the process and really get all of the jurors on the same page because it's a huge process for a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of people. and you're right. like how do you, how do you choose? Right? Yeah. And, and and how do you have those discussions face to face with people about what is great or what they what they think worked better in this area by this writer than that one and and um, I really feel like humanizing that process will go a long way towards um, towards having you know the, the jurors really engage with the process and I think that's important
1: yeah. Um, so I wanted to segue to like community a little bit uh mm. here, and we what I really appreciated in the past two years of working at the library was having the opportunity to engage with the prizes and the authors uh, through the tour but there's lots of ways um that we see in Pell River and I'm sure communities all over the province uh, see as opportunities to um engage with authors and to go to readings and one uh, way that we see all across the various communities is a writer's festivals and I know you got the chance to um, talk to Jane Davidson this morning who is the uh, director of the Sunshine Coast Festival of Written Arts I think Mm -hmm. that's the official name yeah um so do you want to maybe introduce that clip and uh we can hear a bit from Jane about what they're working on and more about that festival.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was great talking with Jane. Um, I I believe her official title is producer. Um, And we talk a little bit about that in the, in the, in the interview. And yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that we really want to do going forward with the prizes is have those meaningful conversations for one, but real like connections with our friends who are doing the work in the communities every year and every day. So like better contacts with, with libraries, better connections and conversations with our friends who are who are the booksellers out there, and as well the people who are doing the work in, in the communities um, at the festivals. So yeah, let's just cut over to a conversation I had earlier on today with uh, Jane Davidson of the Sunshine Coast Festival of the Written Arts. Okay, welcome to the community check-in portion of the show. Today, we are blessed to have with us Jane Davidson. Jane is the producer of the Sunshine Coast Festival of the Written Arts, happening in August from the 15th to the 18th at the Rockwood Center in Sechelt, B.C. Jane, thanks for being with us.
2: My pleasure. Thank you for this.
0: Did I get that right? You are the producer. I am the producer. What does a producer do?
2: Um... In an organization our size, the producer is the only full-time employee. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm responsible for everything from um, artistic direction, programming, marketing, fundraising, um, grant revenues, uh, getting generating grant revenues, um, ordering the porta potties. Uh, I like to point out <laughs> is also on my list of jo- uh, my to-do list. It is a necessary arranging, thing. Arranging travel, accommodation. It's it's the whole. The whole thing it's um in the summertime i'm joined by a summer intern who manages ticket sales and coordination of 150 volunteers but it's a very small operation but i'm really lucky to live in this community and have a full-time job uh so i'll I'll take a break after the festival about two weeks then back at it in september and i've got you know three big grant application deadlines Mm -hmm. looming around the end of september so no there's there's time for a short rest but not a long rest
0: that's great can you tell us a little bit um the sunshine coast festival of written arts has been around for a while tell us a little bit about the history 37
2: years. Mm -hmm. Um, This is year number 37. The festival was the vision of um, uh, a woman named Betty Keller, and she uh, was joined by um, other incredibly enthusiastic, um, and some would say, you know, what were they thinking, uh, people? But... um, (laughs) Betty's Betty is um, an acclaimed and renowned writer and editor and teacher, um, and she's still going strong. I think she's probably, oh, she she won't want to hear this. I think she must be in her late 80s. Mm. But um, they felt that there was a real lack of promotion of Canadian authors in Canada, and they decided to start a literary festival on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, imagine that. But mm-hmm. it, um, it it took off. Um, it was wildly successful in many ways, but it also generated uh, significant deficits over the years mm-hmm. and it took the festival quite a long time to to dig out of that um, and that is part of the history, you know, mm-hmm. it, it it's seen some really, really dark days but the festival also came to be at a time in this country and in this province where one could get operating funds and um, core funding and that's That's a huge piece of the success of this festival, that stability. Mm -hmm. So it's been going for 37 years. It is the longest running festival in the country with the mandate to present Canadian writers exclusively.
0: It's a beautiful thing. Can you tell us a little bit about the Rockwood Centre?
2: The Rockwood Center was built. the The old lodge, where where um, that's the sort of the, the focal point of the property, um, was built in 1935, I think, and it's had many um, uses over the years. At one point, I can't even imagine what this looked like. At one point, in the basement, it was. Um, mud baths it was a mud spa Mm. um it's it's, i I still can't i I still can't envision what that would have looked like (laughs) it was used by um as a summer residence uh, vacation rental for families who came up to the sunshine coast and to the town of sechelt on the union steamship lines it's been used as office space Um, we have we we use it during the festival it's a funky old house the property itself is a heritage garden. It's uh, it's magnificent. It's a, a beautiful, beautiful property to meander through and walk onto. Um, it's a it's a mature rhododendron garden, so it's in its glory at the end of the month of May. It's it really just is. an explosion of color. It's it's quite something to behold. And then in uh, thirty years ago, again, Betty Keller, this uh, stubborn and enlightened visionary, <laughs> she decided that we needed the festival needed its own space. And constructed the festival pavilion, which is by, by today's standards completely illegal. It would never be allowed. It was it was built with a handshake, um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful venue for the festival. All of our events take in that take place in that space. It's a 450 seat cedar and fir um, structure with with gates on one side that open up uh, into and 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 the view is the garden and mature cedar and fir trees. It's it's really magical, as you well know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's an incredible space. I have to it say, it is an
2: incredible space. I love my favorite thing, my very very favorite thing, is seeing writers come from places mm-hmm. like Toronto and wander into the pavilion at nine o'clock yeah. in the morning for the first event and see the space and see the space full.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, uh, I'm getting tingles even, even talking <laughs> about it. But not only, I mean, the space is incredible, and being in, that, in that, that building is amazing. One thing I noticed when I was there last year is how, uh, how you have incorporated the sound throughout the entire um, pavilion area. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that? You've got quite a team there.
2: We have an amazing team. Um, Peter Leitz is our technical director, And he he's he's responsible for sound and lights, and lights are minimal, so he pours his heart and soul into the sound. Mm. And his feeling is that um, none of our volunteers should be deprived of the opportunity to hear what's going on on stage. Yes. So he has planted speakers. I've even got a speaker here in my office, which is at the other end of the park. Mm. The speakers in the kitchen, there's speakers for the food vendor, um, there's speakers in the uh, tent where the book sales take place. Mm-hmm. And then for all events that sell out he has speakers hung in the trees outside Uh, people can sit in the garden have a cup of tea or a glass of wine and hear what's going on stage perfectly well it's a beautiful way for people to um, access the the festival um, if they don't have the funds to purchase a ticket or many people come because that's their preferred place to sit yeah
0: yeah, it. Uh, I have to say, you know, like spending the afternoons and evenings uh, being able to sit with other writers or, or uh, yeah. readers or people who are hanging around and um, just sit in the open air um, and listen to and experience the authors uh, was, uh, I don't know, it felt like a stroke of genius and it really uh. is quite nice.
2: Well it's um I'd love to take credit for it Sean but uh, mm. Peter's been here longer than me and it was something that existed um when I started um, and but he just keeps tweaking year after year after year. Yeah. He he's uh, I just can't sing his praises enough you know um just going off track here for a second one thing we're doing this year for the first time is real time captioning which is oh, um cool. which is a technical uh, cha- a huge technical challenge we'll actually have a captionist transcribing speech to text simultaneously and the um the the text going up on a screen and it's a real technical challenge and peter his his response right from the get-go has been sort of rubs his hands with glee like Mm -hmm. oh okay okay Bring it on! Let's do this. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's uh, pretty spectacular.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the writers that you've got coming this year. It's an incredible lineup, uh, mm, a ton you. of diversity, and some really big names. Um, looks like you've already sold out about eight of the. Yeah, we're at we're at, the at the number shows. seven.
2: Yeah, we're at number seven. Are gone. So um, oh, and then all all the festival passes are gone as well. Yeah. But as I as I uh, hasten to add, that means we have 14 events uh, left to uh, mm-hmm. to welcome people to.
0: Yeah, and some incredible names. Obviously, you're you're kicking off the festival with Richard Van Camp, and I can't think of a better writer uh, to start a festival off with.
2: I know. I just hope he's not too shy. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> he he tends towards that way.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it will be a really uplifting start to to the event. And uh, um, what I love most about Richard, besides his writing, is that he is just a relentless cheerleader for other mm-hmm. writers.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Can you t- talk a little bit about some of the uh, interesting and um, and un- as yet unsold out events that you're excited about? Sure, sure.
2: Well, the one that I'm um, we start off on Friday morning with. I can't wait to meet Adam mm-hmm. Pottle. And um, you know, Twitter can be um, um, <laughs> an ugly and hard place. But uh, Twitter has also introduced me to so many writers and Adam Pottle is one of them. So I've been following Adam for a few years now and um, he is deaf and his book Voice is about uh, writing from that place. And he is the one who inspired the real-time captioning. I felt that mm-hmm. we could not invite Adam to a festival unless we did our best to walk the talk and make it absolutely accessible yeah. um, for him yeah. and for his audience and for the audience. So um, I I really admire Adam, and I'm uh, really excited about that particular event. Then we have... Um, Oh well, just where, where do I start? Ria Tregobov and yeah. Ian Williams and yeah. Ian Hampton. Yeah. Um. And, Ian Hampton at the. He's a founder of the Purcell, Purcell String Quartet. At the age of seventy-three, mm-hmm. he decided to write his memoir. It took him ten years. It was published last year, yeah, um, yeah. and immediately landed on the uh, shortlist for a major Canadian nonfiction prize. So he's got something. Yeah, Rachel Gies, like how timely is Rachel yeah. Gies? Um, her book is about uh, raising raising strong, healthy men.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, in this world, you know, we're seeing the actions of. Um, men who have been shut down and marginalized and the outcome is not healthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So she has a lot to say.
0: Um you got Yasuko?
2: Oh, Yasuko Tan. Uh, that that book is is amazing. Yeah. And uh she'll be um with us on Saturday afternoon. Um an amazing story to tell, but, uh, this is her first memoir, her third book. What a yeah. beautiful writer, what a beautiful, beautiful writer she is. Yeah. And, um, I can tell just through email what a beautiful human being she is yeah. and, uh, really looking forward to welcoming her and her family yeah. tickets available there. And then Chantel Gibson and Shaleen Knight are putting mm-hmm. together. I don't know what, but, yeah. um, they, doesn't they matter. A, <laughs> it doesn't matter. And there's a real performance element to what they're doing. Um, and I'm uh, I'm I'm curious and and, um, and and I appreciate their enthusiasm for for coming together and and um, coming to the festival. Um, the rest of Saturday is sold out, but I'm so excited to hear about what uh, Lee Miracle has to say at the Hutchison lecture on Saturday night. Oh, sure. she, will, she will pull no punches. Sure. And um, she's been here uh Twice before, um, and the last time she was here, I think it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. She got on stage and she just spoke from the heart, no notes, and the audience uh, rose to their feet spontaneously. At the yeah. end, it was uh, it was electrifying for sure.
0: That's amazing. You got you have Eden earlier on in the day. I know that's also one I that is uh, I know. sold well, out. Eden-
2: yeah, Eden. I've been trying for a few years, and finally, about eighteen months ago, her publicist wrote and said, "You know, she'd be available in 2019, And I said, "Signed." What do I do? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. she she'll be she'll be great fun. Um, yeah. And you know, she's notorious for that laugh of hers. So yeah, it'll be nice. To he- it'll be nice to hear that ringing through the trees.
0: Yeah, yeah. And of course, you got uh, Keith Mayard, uh, uh, Anne yeah. um Alicia. Uh, Alicia, just some really incredible uh, writers. People are gonna, people are gonna have an amazing time that weekend. They
2: are, they are, they are, and um, I'm, I'm feeling really heartened by the fact that our audience has. You know, we've really been working hard on inclusion, diversity, accessibility, and creating a program that reflects contemporary writing in Canada. And um, every year I hear from a few people, well, who are the big names? Who are the big names? And my response used to be more defensive, mm. but my response is now, well, who are the big names? Yeah. The, I think these these are the big names. Yeah. Um, these are the people who are um, making a mark. Uh, Alicia is having an incredible impact yeah. and her book is doing so well and um, really, really, really important artist and really important work that she does. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It's an incredible lineup, and, and, uh, and you've done a great job. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So the, the festival is happening from the 15th to the 18th. Yes, it is. And then um, once, everything, once the porta-potties are returned, you, <laughs> you, you get to take a couple of weeks off. And then um, are you already envisioning 2020?
2: Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, I'm not going to say anything because it's mm-hmm. not 100 percent confirmed. But got the uh, I think we've got the uh, the closing night uh, concert uh, booked. Oh. Cool. Um, so that's that's pretty exciting, um, because it will be a mixture of really fine music and beautiful storytelling. But um, yes, I have a 2020 file, nice. and name, names are going into it, and and the beautiful thing about. Um, this audience and this kind of work and being part of a festival community is um uh, there's no shortage of people sending suggestions to me and i actually i welcome that i can't possibly keep keep track it's just it's just me i'm just yeah. one person i can't possibly keep track so it's uh, i love it when people when people recommend authors to me and i always i always follow up and do some more digging
0: Yeah. Jane, can you tell people where they can find you on the internet? Yes.
2: Our uh, website is writersfestival.ca. Super easy. I used to work at the Vancouver Writers Festival and was always like, how did they get that? How did they get that? (laughs) We are writersfestival.ca. We're on Facebook, Sunshine Coast Festival of the Written Arts, and on Twitter at SCFWA.
0: That's beautiful. Jane, thank you so much for being with us on our inaugural episode, and good luck with everything.
2: Thank you so much, Sean. really appreciate
0: this. Okay, so that was Jane Davidson, the producer of the Sunshine Coast Festival of the Written Arts, which is happening this month, August 15th through the 18th, in Sechelt, British Columbia. Check out writersfestival.ca on the internet for more information
1: and there are a lot of uh i think there's a lot of nominees actually on that list amazing list of authors part of that festival this year i think i believe lindsey wong's going to be there this yep. year Shalene knight um, i don't i know Shalene wasn't nominated this year but another great bc writer yep. um so it's a really i attended a couple years ago with my husband and it is such a beautiful festival if People have the chance to go. I can't say enough great things about it. The venue is spectacular, and it's just a really great place to engage with writers um, in a beautiful setting, on the coast, in the summer. I I love it. I talk it up all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, how can you not talk it up? The, um, the whole ambiance of that space is not only the the outdoor, the the, the pavilion slash barn slash performance venue, which is an incredible piece of architecture, um, but how the whole grove and the whole uh, festival space is wired for sound and yet comfortable, and you're surrounded by writers and by books and sunshine, and it's August, in Seashelt, I mean, I, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that picture.
1: Yeah. So if you if there are tickets available, I would, and you have the weekend to go, I would definitely say to go. I would be there, but I am in Halifax that weekend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right.
0: Thank you for listening to the BC and Yukon Book Prizes podcast. Soon we will have a name. We will devise a contest where you can help us decide what we should be called. My name is Sean Cranberry. Thank you for listening. My co-pilot today and going forward, Megan Cole. Megan, thank you for doing this. Thank
1: you. It's been fun.
0: To anybody who wants to find out more about the prizes, please check out bcbookprizes.ca. We have a new website, URL, domain that will be coming down the pipe pretty soon. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, not LinkedIn, but
1: no, maybe...
0: Like that.
1: <laughs> never LinkedIn
0: <laughs> yeah okay you know what forget about LinkedIn <laughs> let's all forget about LinkedIn thank you so much for listening we're going to be coming back at you I believe Megan you've got Shazia coming down in yeah. later on in August
1: yeah Shazia will be at the Pal River Public Library on uh, August 30th she's going to do a reading um, Andrea Bennett's going to read as well at that event and some local Pal River folk as well and then Shazia and I are going to record an episode of the podcast while she's here as well
0: that is epic I'm looking forward to hearing it. Me too. Yeah. So thanks so much. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye.